0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. We're a weekly podcast here at KTBS, and we cover what is happening in education in Northwest Louisiana. I am joined today by my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. He is a cardiologist by occupation, but he's here as a champion of education in Louisiana. He's a former board chair of the LSUS Foundation and has been named LSU Shreveport's Pilot of the Year and is, of course, an alumnus of the year. And so welcome, Dr. Roseman. And we've got a very familiar guest to us. Someone we've worked with quite a lot and she's she's extra special.
1: She is. And what she does is extra special in this community. Before we start, I've just got to tell you how much I appreciate the Volunteers of Youth Justice and what it's done over the years in our community. Uh, It has been amazing to see what that nonprofit has done and um, appreciate your work. And just so I don't forget to tell you that while we're here. Thank you, thank
2: you, appreciate it. Shannon
1: uh, uh, has been working for Volunteers for Youth Justice for some time, and we're here today to talk about some of the work that they're doing. But before we do that, catch us up a little bit on uh, a little bit about the uh, Volunteers for Youth Justice, a little bit about how it got started, uh, all that.
2: Sure, I'd love to. Um, Volunteers for Youth Justice have been around 42 years. It began as an outreach ministry through First Presbyterian Church in Shreveport. And we've remained office, at least part of our our staff has always been office at First Presbyterian Church there on Jordan. Um, We are in the mission of helping families in crisis, youth, children and families in crisis to problem solve and bring about change and hope and healing in families. And so, a lot of our work is rooted in preventative, in um, turning around a trajectory of a child's path so that it begins to um, go down a very positive path, a very positive road, not only for the child, but for the family. And so, we have different arms of Volunteers for Youth Justice. We um, are heavy on the court presence side, meaning that we do a lot with our juvenile court system to help um, rehabilitate or to help bring about um, classes that will um, help take a charge off a child might be their first experience with the juvenile justice system so we have classes um, for conflict resolution and anger management and stamp out shoplifting and those minor charges that a youth may have made one mistake and we are able to work with that student and get them back on path we also have um, teen court teen court is where um, a youth commits uh, an infraction and is, is seen by a group of their peers serving as lawyers and the, the um, jury and their judges. And it's a wonderful thing that happens once a month at juvenile court. Um, we've taken that program and put it in Huntington High School and so at Huntington High School, Raider Court, they are using their juniors and seniors to serve. And as they're learning through their uh, court programs there at Huntington High School, they're getting firsthand experience to kind of work alongside freshmen there, and um, not only not only help them um, make amends for what may have happened at school, but serve as mentors for those young incoming freshmen to help them navigate school which is really a, an awesome thing because it's hard being a freshman on a school campus you know and then we have another arm and um, casa child appointed special advocates so we're working with children being the voice for the child that in foster care um, tbri which stands for trust-based relational intervention that's um, a program that um, we have brought from tcu to help um bring about healing healing and hope for our children and our families who have experienced either generational trauma or layers of trauma or a one-time traumatic event and how much our um, connection and empowering families brings about healing especially for our young children so we've got tbri out in the community and out in our schools and um, then my part is the truancy prevention side. We're working with elementary families and schools, all the schools in Cata Parish to um, help peel back layers and problem solve with families to, um, to, to problem solve so that we can get a child back in school quickly. Um, there are a lot of factors that, that um, cause chronic absenteeism and um, they're not just because somebody doesn't wanna to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are a lot of things that our families are, are fighting daily and um, so we problem solve and we, we hopefully can make connections between the family, the school, and community resources to get that child and the family what they need to be in a good place for school attendance. Mm-hmm. And then we... Um, have um, in the last couple of years um, had pilot programs at five elementary schools in Caddo Parish where we take everything VYJ offers and puts it on the campus and um, just infuses that campus with uh, leadership skills for the older children, conflict resolution for third through fifth graders. There's a task attendance officer on-site housed there to work with families immediately and work with the teachers and the staff um, to address absenteeism. And then a TBRI facilitator who's there to really help. When there's a meltdown, and believe me, if you've ever (laughs) been on an elementary school campus, there's a lot of meltdowns that happen during the day. There's someone there who can bring that child, walk them around, get them some hydration, some water, a snack maybe take them to our, the calming studio on site, which is a sensory rich room to help regulate this child and get them back in the classroom so that they're missing you know, a small amount and, and they can be the one to kind of spend time connecting with a child to, to help that child feel um, accepted and loved and cared for and safe. Felt safety is a big deal these days at our schools. So that facilitator's there. All of that is on one campus. So we're currently at University, Atkins, Donnie Bickham, um, Turner, and Caddo Heights. So yeah.
0: I have a question about the calming studio yes. as you called it. So you have one at each location?
2: At each school.
0: And and tell me about how it works and, and the research that
2: made that a good idea what what did you So research shows that um when a when a child has flipped their lid so this is your brain you know we we talk about flipping their lid that literally um at that moment there's a a why behind the behavior and at that moment a child may not be in a place to be able to calm themselves down we as adults are saying calm down stop crying you know, straighten up, stop doing that. But literally research has taught us that the brain at that moment is not able. So we co-regulate with one another. And that's what's so awesome about a common studio is it provides a calm, common studio, a calm sensory rich space for a child's brain to begin to go back online, as we tell children, your brain, we're gonna help your brain go back online through, it may be through play with sand. It may be really, honestly, hydration and, and the snack. We don't realize how much that mm-hmm. matters for, mm-hmm. for children and for helping regulate regulate their brain. So it might just be a, just a, a time to come to a very calm place, have some one-on-one care and, um, be away from whatever has caused this this child to get dysregulated for the moment
1: you know uh, one of the things you know that also has impressed me about volunteer youth justice and as you were telling all of this about what uh, uh, the group is doing the organization is doing I know a lot of that was actually done by volunteers the church was the start of the these were volunteers uh, that started it and it's been volunteer oriented ever since. And all of these different programs that you do, you couldn't do it without the community and the volunteers who were associated with the community. So, you know, that's that's extra special. You know, I know our Sunday school class does some things with schools, but you know, what the First Presbyterian Church does, kudos to them for starting something, keeping it up, and going for a long time for all really these years,
2: it's taken that volunteer base right. to be there for for the children and families.
1: Well, let me ask you. Let me get you know a, a big thing now is obviously crime prevention. I mean, and and there's a lot of talk about the different things that we could do as a community or as a society in the in the area of crime prevention. Talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are, what the thoughts are at Voluntary Youth Justice, what you've learned. Um, You know, if they were going to ask, if they were going to anoint you the czar of all crime prevention, (laughs) you know, what would you do? Um, You know, just let us know from your expertise.
2: Um, Well, what I would say is we have got to reach our youngest people. Um, Child development in the earliest stages is where I believe we need to put our time, our attention, and our money. We need to make sure that we have little people in quality care uh, preschools and early childhood centers. So we really need to focus on the training of early childhood um, teachers and childhood, early childhood staff. We need to promote um, family engagement at the earliest levels. Um, with that, we have hope. And that's where I think Volunteers for Youth Justice shines because it's all about bringing hope and healing to families. So on the preventative side, if we start to invest in our, in our families and children at an early stage, and when I, when I say invest, I mean really caring about who's missing, what are the, um, the barriers that are really being faced in our neighborhoods, not um, sitting in a, around a table and talking about all the things we can go in and do, but actually bringing to the table the families who are living through the crime in their area, who are living through the obstacles and not having transportation to get from place to place, not having um, wages to pay for, you know, a, a adequate housing and, and food and clothing for their families. Um, it's, it's getting to the root of the problem by talking to the families who are experiencing it. Well,
1: you know, as I'm thinking about it as you're talking and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking back at what you've talked about along the way. Um, this idea of being on the school campus in an area that is an impoverished area that's a, uh, with a lot of high-risk mm-hmm. children high-risk families uh, in that area is that not the place to start you know to, to bring these definitely. people together Most and definitely. and have a discussion or uh, uh, and, and kind of know more about it you know oftentimes we get into this problem-solving solution-making thing mm-hmm. um, and yet we don't really know the culture. We don't really know what's going on.
2: That is true. You know,
1: we find that in a lot of spaces. So. And
2: that is why it's so exciting to see um, the, the progress that's being made on the school pilots that we're, we're working with. Um, where the hiccup happens is COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID Cause this shutdown and this the the can't you can't just simply walk in and you can't just simply be a part and it really put a roadblock for our parents to feel welcome. So we've got to stop at the schools and really pay attention to the climate and culture that we're creating on our school campuses. Are we welcoming? Are we showing empathy? Are we accepting? Are we listening? You know, often um, we do a lot of talking, but perhaps if we did more listening, we would really start to to peel back the onion and hear where the real need is. And if we started to build solutions around the needs of the community, um, we're going to make a difference.
1: You know, one of the things you talked about was some of the mentoring programs, some of the uh, uh, programs where uh, people with foster families all the different things reaching out to that group of people and I, I agree with you starting early is absolutely it that's prevention yeah. but the truth of the matter is we've had COVID and now we've got what we have right. and which is in some ways a real depersonalization mm-hmm. of everything around us and that the crime that's by the seventeen-year-olds and the eighteen-year-olds and the nineteen-year-olds
0: and the fifteen-year-olds and the fifteen year olds and the thirteen-year-olds
1: and the fourteen-year-olds, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. you know, that's an immediate problem. So, how uh, do how do how 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 do we how do we deal with that? What do we need to do? Um, d- is there anything we need to do different that y'all have learned uh, along the way in your volunteer work with uh, those that are involved in the system?
2: As far as different, I think we've just got to keep pressing. We've got to keep pressing for um, con- connection. Um, almost, I-, I loved hearing Kay Brumley talk about bringing back old school flashcards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got to, we've got to bring back old school talking in person. This texting and emailing and robo-calling, um, n- it's not personal. And so I really think we've got to get back to personalizing our contact with our families. I think that would go a long way. And and maybe the pendulum is swinging back that way a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful that more personal interaction is what it's going to take.
0: You know, yes. one of the things I heard just this week though is that um, expect to see a lot of absentee ballots come in because you still have people who don't wanna go vote in person because they're still afraid of COVID. And when we did our, our work together on yeah. truancy, fear of COVID was a big part of it. How, how, how much of it are you seeing? Is it beginning to subside at all?
2: Well, that's, it's, it's hard to say yes, it is subsiding because right now uh, when you walk into schools before fall break, all the little ones are sick. Straps going around sure. you know there's a lot going just around just like every year just like every year <laughs> but covid set such fear in our families so i believe it is getting somewhat better but we need to utilize our school nurses better we need to utilize um we need better messaging to our families because families need to understand that um just because your child says they have a little bit of a headache or a little mm-hmm. stuffy nose or a little t- my tummy hurts isn't enough to keep them home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so so but breaking through that fear barrier is still a really it's real, um, and it's a really hard thing to break through. Yeah. That's where the personalized phone calls from the school, the hey we, we miss you today. It's not you know it's more than. Your child was sick and I'm calling because they've been sick it's we've missed you today we're concerned and what can we do to help that's yeah. the direction we need to go
1: now there's something exciting going on that we talked about last time uh, nearly a year ago when yeah. when we talked about volunteer youth justice and what they do in the community but this thing called the harbor um, which Jonathan and I found extremely engaging, something that's very interesting and such an idea, novel idea to put a one-stop shop, Uh, the same one-stop shop we've been asking for businesses to make things better for Mm -hmm. businesses, the one-stop shop that makes it better for the community. Um, Tell us what's been going on over the last year or so with the harbor, what the present is, what the future might be, and just tell a little bit about it because most people...
2: So it's very exciting. The Harbor um, 3004 Ninth Street in the old building 6, which is Caddo Parish School's um, special um, programs building. It's a huge building. The whole entire first floor was renovated and we have moved in um, counseling and mental health um, agencies. We have um, a Food Bank just set up this week a food pantry. It was really exciting to see that rolling in um, so that we have access uh, for our families to uh, a food pantry right there on site. The hope is it's a one-stop shop so that no family is having to go to three or four different locations across town in order to get the services they need. So there's counseling and we have um, Faith and Fostering, which helps uh, with age, children here, are aging all the foster mm-hmm. care system, Volunteers for You Justice, the task truancy program is housed there, our CASA program is housed there. Um, we have, we're going to have our own common studio there that's right now getting, all, all the equipment is rolling in. So from, from- Maybe I can come down. Yeah. I was gonna say, to this is down. not just for kids. And it it's not just <laughs> it for kids. it's for the adults it's too, It's for right? adults and children it y'all we have um, domestic violence assistant there. project celebration is there Um, uh, choices wraparound services just are moving in this week and the renovations are happening on the second floor so it's going to open up a whole lot more space with the hope that more community partners will be in one location we had um, we have the ability to have a family walk through the door and caseworkers there who can help um, direct that family to services. Now there
1: are, so that was a couple of thing, questions yeah, I had. There are case One managers. One was about the caseworker being able to navigate, even a one-stop shop can be threatening. So do, do you have the caseworkers there that, are, that when they walk people walk into the door? somebody to greet them or get them started?
2: That's exactly. From the very um, inception of this, Kelly Todd, our executive director, wanted to make sure th- that this was a place that when a family walked in, they were greeted warmly, um, completely, and that they are gonna be guided on their next steps, and that we were gonna walk side by side with them to ensure that they were wrapped with services that
1: they need. And let me ask you a couple of services that I yeah. thought about you know when you think about the harbor. One we had a guest uh, not too long ago who talked about early childhood education and the fact that to some degree we have more spots than we ha- we have open spots in early childhood education for people know, that live here me. is the harbor a place to really be able to push early childhood education? Uh, is it a place where all the foster care kind of organization could be located? What about those <gasps> things?
2: Well, it has definitely got room for growth. Um, as far as the early childhood education piece, I think that is where, what could be addressed in parenting classes, the hope. So you asked me the future. Yes. The hope is we're gonna have parenting classes being run out of the harbor, there's mentoring happening out of the harbor. there's going to be um, tutoring and after school activities happening out of the harbor. Those are the things that are coming. Um, but yes, we have enough in a, of, of VYJ invested in the education piece yeah. that I believe that that's in the nearer nearer future than the further future. How
1: did you um, how did you pay for these uh, pilot? Is it a pilot it's a program, in the so a grant. So we received
2: a federal grant.
1: So it's it's from grant funding? Grant
2: funding. Mm-hmm. And how a long? A lot of it? what VYJ does is from grant funding. Okay.
1: Uh, this has been wonderful. We learned a lot. Okay, and uh, uh, learned about the harbor. We learned about Volunteers and Youth Justice, what they're doing. Uh, we learned a little bit about you know what we need to do as far as crime prevention, and you know. It's great to hear some of the things that are going on in our community that we we don't, we don't hear about a lot uh, because we are always looking at it sometimes from the negative viewpoint and not seeing some of the things there. Maybe the Harbor is the place to put all that good together so that when people walk so. into the door, you know, they can see it, they can feel, feel it, it, they can know somebody cares about them and, and is willing to, to work to make things better for their families. So yeah. to all that, kudos to, volunteers Youth Justice, uh, I hope we can get the grant again to do more <laughs> in the schools or if we can't get the grant that we decide that we could spend some of our other money you know in doing this sort of work because it just seems counterintuitive counterintuitive right. that we do or intuitive that we do. Yeah. Um, I ask always ask a couple of questions at the end and I uh, just personal questions okay and I think it's an interesting part to hear our guests talk about this, but the first is you live here in Shreveport, and you chose to live here in Shreveport. You can live anywhere you want it, okay? So why Shreveport? What what makes this special for you? Uh, Why is this a good place for people to come and live?
2: Well, I've been in Shreveport since third grade, so I have been here a long time. So I grew up in Caddo Parish Schools. My friends are here. I have friends that are family here. I believe in this community. I care about the children in this community, and I want to see uh, a Shreveport that grows and blossoms into a true community that sees their neighbor as as part of their family and wants to help neighbor. Um, we have the we have the. No traffic, you can, get to, yeah. you can get to your job in less than 15 minutes, most, most people. Um, we have great restaurants, and we have great small businesses here, and it, we have so much to offer, and I don't, wanna, I don't want to see the negative that is, we hear about so much, take away from so much of the positive that is happening here. There are a lot of people in this city that care.
1: Yeah. and mm-hmm. people will tell us about the arts and the festivals yeah. and and we look around and every week there's something, there's something going on fun going to say on. nothing is going on in Shreveport seems to be not really true. Right. Uh, the other question we ask is is for your words of wisdom what what do you tell your kids what do you tell others kind of words of wisdom that you've learned that you want to share with the audience here.
2: Be the change you want to see in the world. It's gonna take all of us stepping up to do our part in some some way and no way is too small. So be the change you want to see and connect. Um, Make a personal connection, whether that's with your neighbor or someone at church or walking in a school and going, hey, I love to read to kids. What can I I do to help you at your school? Maybe it's the school in your neighborhood and you've never thought about stop and stop. And, and make a difference. Just spending time with a child is gonna make a difference. So be the change you wanna see in the world.
1: Wonderful, a really great words of wisdom. Thank you very much for being here.
2: Thank you for yes. having me. And thank you to
0: all of you for joining us today for Education Checkup. You can view our other podcasts anywhere you listen to them or you can go to our website at ktbs.com podcast. Have a good day and join us next time. For education checkup.